This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, Episode 76, Torn Asunder. Never Stop Gaming. Strange Assembly is a podcast and website about board games, card games, and role-playing games. Legend of the Five Rings, and beyond. Welcome back to Strange Assembly. This is Chris Stevenson, and I'm here today with Jay Earl. Hello. Mike Cook. Hey. And Justin Purdy. Hello. And you're in a little break right now from some Winter Court 3 interview episodes that the other people who are on the podcast with me right now probably don't know anything about. But to talk about the recent Torn Asunder set... You're not going to get a full set review because we're just really sick of doing those. Yeah, do you do you really need us to go and tell you that, oh, that Judah guy is horrible? It, well, not for this set, for sure. Whether you do or not, we're not, not going to get it. So, <laughs> uh, but at this point, people listening in order will have already heard my interview with Dan Deneen about his Winter Court 3 experience, and we should have coming up interviews with the uh, with players from the Lion, Crane, and Unicorn clans, at least. I don't think you'll have to worry about getting an interview from a Dragon Clan player from Winter Court, because I'm pretty sure that at some point in a future episode, I can blather about that more than enough. A, we believe in you. Yes, it's it's a safe bet. Can Chris blather about something? Why, yes, he can. Um, but that that the interview I did with Dan was I, I I was thinking maybe half an hour, and then I was thinking maybe an hour, and I was not the one doing the talking though, which is a change. I think there are a couple of times in there when I'm like, okay, well we've got a few minutes left, so did we have anything, any last thing we wanted to you wanted to talk about? And then half an hour later, I'm not the only L5R player who can talk about L5R for for half an hour without even trying. Lord knows that's the truth. <laughs> uh, the game, yes. Which which is good, right? I mean, if we... Uh... It would be much shorter podcast. <laughs> yes, I'll say the, the podcast would be, uh, yes, much less interesting and really, right, we talk about it for ages because we care about it. So, but hey. So what we're basically just going to do for Torn Asunder is talk about some individual cards that we, for whatever reason, thought were interesting. And hopefully you'll agree that they were somewhat interesting, or else you're just going to be really bored as we pick out the cards that you think aren't interesting. So I'll just start with the with, you know the first card alphabetically in the set, and one uh, I think one of the few cards I have much of anything to say mechanically about I mean and, and we talked about all the a lot of the big uniques already but a cleansing breath yay for uh, Kensei like they, they're still managing to come up with meta straightening cards for Kensei that you'd actually want to play with lots of options but I think that one it's a open unit straighten and shuts down a variety of things that mess with your guys. So yeah, you I can play like 20 it. cards in your Kensai deck that all say straighten your unit. Well, you can if you want to lose. <laughs> uh, but it's it's really a question of which ones you play with, especially since Kensei well you got a really you got a nice unique in uh, I think the Kojinru experienced who doesn't care if he's bowed at all. And if you want you've got a non-unique elite guy now as well. So you have less room, you have less need for that, but it can let you move away. A cleansing breath can let you not feel obliged to play a bunch of incense mills, since it's another 
prevent you from uh, doing stuff. Uh, yeah. It negates effects that prevent your guy from assigning, moving, or performing actions. It does leave you with force penalties, though, but having done the draft, we have any new or different opinions about Chun? Oh, I still uh, don't think people are going to use them in Constructed, really. Nah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, in draft, I don't know. It's really hard because he's, uh, well, he's a common, but I don't remember seeing that many copies of him, and I don't remember going up against him that often. I only saw that one copy I ended, copy I ended up drafting to you, and I was drafting a cavalry deck, so I didn't really care about him that much. It's a nice card for all the people who are, like, already playing around with all Ronin decks, but well, if you're doing that, you're just... No, he's not. If you're doing that, you're already just playing for fun anyway, though, I assume. Unless well, there's he, some... Yeah. He's also a three-force for five gold with no naval action. No, you're, you're playing him to give your other cool guy naval, and your cool guy gets to do something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I still think, yeah, that people were overly or overly worried about him, but I, I that could that could very easily end up being wrong. I mean, Naval does not stink, and randomly adding... I'm trying to remember who was playing on Saturday, sitting down... Was that you, Justin, sitting down with the Paragons against Mantis and going, yeah, yeah I hate this... I, I, it's really bad when I'm going second against the military deck that's designed to go second, and man, yep. makes that worse than anybody because of naval. You just really can never defend, uh, or you, you have an extremely difficult time. Yeah, they're the, the worst. Military deck going second against Mantis. You, of all the things I can run into playing, you know, Scorpion or something like that, there's nothing worse than a Kalani's Landing deck or something like that. Well, and it's not like there aren't a lot of really good counters for Chun. So if he did show up quite a bit, um, there's a lot of really good, you know, uh, stop the first action cards that have other good actions attached to them. Well, have they actually made new ones of those? No, but the ones that are out are really good. Okay, you know, yeah, I and yeah, I still think Kalani's Landing is going to do. <laughs> as always, I think Kalani's Landing is going to do sexy things. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this tournament season. So, yeah, in, entrenched position is probably not a shabby random meta card anyway. But I don't know when the last time was I actually saw a sneak attack. So you may be. Lord, I still play it. Naval. <laughs> I still play it. Yeah, I don't. How how many of the other Scorpion decks do you anticipate actually coming out with the Paragons? I mean, before this, they certainly seem to have heavily shifted to Dishonor. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just what most people who play Scorpion want to play. It's like they were only playing Paragons because Dishonor wasn't an option. I think there's still a chunk of people who think the Paragon deck is a pretty decent one. But, I mean, if I had to put numbers on it, I'd assume that about at least 80% of the people who go to a tournament playing Scorpion are playing some Dishonor deck. Yeah. So, Eye of the Sword, you got to have something nice to say about that, Mike. Uh, yes, it's really, really good. It still will not save Dueling decks, I don't think. I'm glad to see it around. Dueling has certainly not been much of a presence in the environment, but, you know, Battle Kill-A-Dude can't argue with that. Uh, no, no. It, even just well, Kill-A-Dude, right? It's Kill-A-Dude and Get Force. Yes. Two permanent force. Although it does give it to the winner, so if you manage to lose that duel, you extra lose the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, that's always been true. Yeah, whatever. You start that all last and lose it. It's not a not good time. And and it does have a focus value of two, which matters more than you would think it would. Pretty much all most duels have twos, though, don't they? No, it's the only two. Most of them have threes or fours. Really? Huh. Yep. Steel on steel is a three. Uh, the open oh gosh, the assassin well, one is a four. Usually, historically, the Battle duel kill you is a two. Right. Uh, you get you get like the one that's a three, and then the whatever your second one is is going to be a two. Your your duels that do less tend to be threes or or betters. And duel of haiku is amazing, but you know it's 
it's from Forgotten Legacy, where every single fake card is a four, I think. I, I mean, they may be blending together, but I think it's something like every single fake card in uh, Forgotten Legacy is a four. It sure feels like it. Pearl of Embers is a one. I, <laughs> you, know, you know what? I'm, I'm now going to derail us, and, and I'm actually going to... <laughs> Well, wasn't Cast Aside the Week like a six? <laughs> but yeah, most of them are three or higher. Forgotten Legacy has nine things that are a focus value one. Oh, Cast is a four. Oh, yeah, no, yes, yes. Six things that are a focus value two. Eleven things that are a focus value three. And fifteen that are a focus value four. So... Uh, how did that? I mean, the most common one was a, f- a four, so that was like, what is it, like a a quarter or so of the? No, not it's more than a quarter. It's like a third, third forty percent of the cards are. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's fine. The problem is that they're general use cards that are fours. It includes a game of dice. Cast aside the weak, creating order, duel of haiku, entrenched position, fruitless search. Heart of Darkness, two of the Pearl cards if you want to use those, the Perfect Moment. So it's it's also a lot of really good key cards are. I, I don't know. I guess maybe the theory is that uh, when because they tied the duels to focus. I mean, it's always been tied to focus values. I guess the idea is that everybody is running these cards. They kind of will normalize out. But to me, I don't, I don't think that's entirely true because a dueling deck was always going to run mostly threes and fours. Uh, but now that raises average decks up into fours where they normally would have just run whatever utility card would have been like a two or a three. I think that's another, cause I, like, I noticed that occasionally I will come close to losing duels if people try to focus out against me. And it's not like they've built it that way. It's just, you know, the average focus value has risen. Yeah. And it can depend a lot on what the, uh, Right, it's not just what the average focus value is, it's what the average focus value amongst cards that would actually be played. And I think that's one of the things you you tend to see if you're trying to make a marquee fancy card, there's, I think, an inclination sometimes to push it up to a higher focus value. Yeah. Which is why you ended up with so many fours in Forgotten Legacy. Well, and, and the other thing is that if you don't, although it doesn't always apply, if you don't put it at a higher focus value, then you kind of restrict it out of the duelist deck. Yeah, that's something people who, you know, play dueling decks complain about a lot, too, is when a really great card comes out and it's a focus value one or two, they're like, well, come on, I can't play that. Well, but, but if it's a good focus value, then everybody plays it, and now your people playing against you have better focus values. Well, you know, that's because the the people in, who want to play dueling are always going to whine about the cards not favoring them, and the people who hate dueling are always going to whine about the cards favoring dueling. So, I mean, right, you can always find something, but 37% of the fate cards in Forgotten Legacy are four focus values in... The Emperor arc as a whole, it's 23% for whatever that is worth. Huh. <laughs> so, well, this is uh, the Strange Assembly Forgotten Legacy. We're still reviewing review. Forgotten Legacy, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's that dueling thing. I think Harbingers of War is nifty. I like there being a Glory of the Shogun for cheap stuff. Actually, a one-sided Glory of the Shogun, I think. But Yes, it's one-sided. Regardless something that actually encourages the playing of cheap attachments that actually cost something. <laughs> and we've needed that because, yeah. I mean, who plays those cards? Every follower costs zero or like seven. Yeah. Well, yeah, mostly these days the ones that cost zero. Speaking of attachments that cost four, is Pinecki's Mask really good? Yes. Pay four to put a guy into play? Yeah, it seems pretty good. That's what I thought. And he even comes into play with protection. Because why not? Yeah, that seems solid. Let's see. Uh, Sudden Blockade seems like a troubling card in a set that doesn't really have a lot of troubling cards. 
Well, it's what uh, the old blockade should have been. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's a little bit troubling looking. It, it for me, it feels like the old school land destruction kind of stuff in Magic that's not really around anymore. Yeah, well, and again, because it's free out of Kalani's Landing. Yeah, it's basically well, just because of Kalani's Landing that it's a big issue. I mean, if anybody yeah. else plays it, it's like, eh. Yes. Yeah, so, I, um, what is the moral of the story? Like, um, don't free gold print strongholds that are free gold. Can we can we agree that we don't want to see any of that in Yodatai edition or whatever it is? Oh, if my clan has it, I'd agree with it. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> uh, no, I don't even want it for my clan because then what happens is they have to give overpowered stuff to all the other clans to catch up with my clan, and then or I end up not liking the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, free gold in general just kind of messes with stuff. How the game generally works. And free gold is almost always going to speed things up, which is usually not to the benefit of L5R. Well, it almost, I mean, if, if it does anything, it almost it basically has to speed things up. It is, it's right. funny, too, though. I mean, one, one Koku, uh, there was serious discussion about whether or not something like that is even Worth playable playing. at the start. And yeah, it's just been some of the real turbo things where it, that, well, you know, that's where it ended up being worth it's it. Basically, the only played, to stop. Yeah, it's only played by the decks that most people really don't want to see around. Well, you know, right now, it's probably not played by anyone, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah well, hopefully not, not unless they're about to get DQ'd. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it still wasn't really a problem until people really started to hit into turbo draw decks. It's only when the resource becomes very... You know, card draw becomes so easy... Then one cuckoo, it, you know, you're getting more for the value of that card in your hand. You know, when I can just easily replace it, then you know, what do I care? And it had it had actual good things that it could buy. Yeah. Let's see. On a, another aspect of combo, uh, do you think anybody's gonna end up doing something functional enough with Unbound Essence? I don't know. I was looking at that, and I. I'm not 100% sure if it's like Binder Fodder or the next broken combo deck in the making. Well, as long as you can get a... Sh- like you can play it out of Journey's End Keep, where you go first, and it gives you five gold to pay for the Unbound Essence, and then you can just play with the... You know, um, I'm... I'm not good at making combo decks, but I don't see how this becomes a combo deck. Well, I go first turn, I, I buy out some cheap Shugenja. Second turn, I drop this on him, get rid of him for some hopefully fat guy who goes and takes provinces. Well, more specifically, what you do is you build a deck that has a couple of Shugenja in it, and like the Shadow Dragon. But it has to be non-unique. No, 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 no. No, no, the oh, target void. is non-unique. The target is non-unique, so you can't right. use it to send away your opponents, but it's not targeting the guy in your deck. You put it on your cheaper free Shugenja, you... Well, right, but how, how do you control you just getting another cheaper free Shugenja? Because those are going to have to be more plentiful than whatever you're targeting to well, actually, for to get uh, the combo revel- to work. Revelations. Well, no, no. I mean, and that's no, no. That's a a possibility. But then you don't have you don't you don't have a big guy in the top five cards of your deck, and you have to delay a turn. Like this yeah. is the most unreliable combo that I can see. Like if you wanted to make a deck that was even less reliable than the ones that were already uh, unreliable, sure. But like this is not going to be the next uh, only summoning. I don't think. Uh, I'm not. Saying yeah, I, the the question is with border keep and getting to look at twelve cards, how many Chugenja do you need to have in order to be able to? Well, we yeah. all, also, can you get away with having a deck of just dirt cheap Chugenja and giant guys who smash face? Oh no, no, it would be a, it. it I mean, I have not seen anything with it that is not very fragile. You know, cause, yeah, because 
Because well, and you're also wildly vulnerable to somebody just uh, open attachment kill. Uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can get hit by broken alliance. Yeah, but remember, you can potentially. Uh, I'm gonna play mysterious death or overpower or I mean, like any kind of. But remember, you can blitz with it because you can you can do a turn to attack. Yes. Well, yeah, but I mean, the Oni deck that they ended up banning the key cards to, it had to run at least a third uh, Shugenjas, and I want to say it was closer to like half Shugenjas to get that combo to go off reliably. Oh yeah, well, and that yes, which is why that got banned. I'm not saying you can. I'm not saying this is reliable enough. To make it work, I'm just saying if you can, you can buy a turn two shadow dragon. That's pretty amazing, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> but you can also get a you can also get a turn two four gold uh, shigenja. It that is theoretically possible. Although you then just have that sh- now you have a new shigenja in play and you can try to do it again next turn. But at that point, you may just be too slow. And of course, the other problem is it's journeys and keep, so you're now limiting yourself to two gold Shugenja. Yes, but those exist, so... They exist, but... It, well, there's a crank. In fact, we got a new one. Uh, looks like nine in total. Yeah. A crane, a phoenix, and a chuda. Yeah, well, and the crane lets you use courtesy of the crane. Yes. Yeah. So, because obviously you also have to... And, and of course, the funny thing is, the, the part we have not talked about is that you have to draw into one specific card, except that's just so much less of an issue mm. these days. Right, but you, st- you still have to burn to get into it, because, I mean, the Oni deck would, every once in a while, just completely crap out, and you just wouldn't see the cards. Yeah, I don't think it's reliable enough. But still, I mean, it is a card that potentially lets you have a turn to smash face combo deck that goes first even against Lion. I know, so that that did that made it on my list for things that might be interesting. Now, did you guys have anything else that was interesting for gameplay purposes? <laughs> Does overpower count? Well, I thought we mentioned overpower last time, and that one's kind of obvious. Yes, overpower is bad if you're playing a Blitz deck. Oh yeah, it, it, it'll be atrocious in uh, constructed, but I think for the draft we have to mention the scorching lash. Yes. Yeah. Although we didn't seem to have many of those going around in our draft. I got one. Did you? I, I saw another one. <laughs> but yes, that would be the problem with draft is you're not gonna. Who knows how many you'll actually see? Yeah. Well, and really, you shouldn't be seeing that many because the other people should be cutting them off first, right. but. No, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't see any. Okay. And I think maybe only one got taken to my left, so I think there just weren't a lot floating around in the the pod. I got to have my most fun with Renu, I guess, because he makes my guys cheap and he makes it hard for you to take my provinces. Yay. But I don't know, yeah, the, the draft was drafting torn asunder, I think, might be the best drafting set for drafting expansion I've seen for L5R. I can't remember. I think it's clearly designed to be drafted because they knew there weren't going to be strongholds. And the last set I can remember that really gave a lot of heavy thought to that was Enemy of My Enemy. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, there's a lot of cards that just say target two people with different clan alignments or buy a guy with a different clan alignment for cheaper and stuff like that. Yeah, well, but there's also a... It, when you look at the commons, there's not a lot of things he like works. ranged attacks uh. that are really powerful. It's like, oh, there's like a one follower that says battle bow a card and there's this one personality that says battle move a guy home. There's just a lot of pen- force penalties and just dudes with elite and stalwart. <laughs> there was a lot of elite and stalwart yeah. running around. Uh, but but still, I, I also like the scorpion that handed out uh, brash. That was fun. Yeah, well, yeah, that's actually a reasonable maybe maybe sees play construction constructed card as well. The mm. scorpion that hands out brash. Yeah, and he's cav. Yes, because that's Jim. Chatham, unless I'm mispronouncing his last name. 
It's like the wandering scorpion if you look at the text on the side of the card. Yeah. So I guess they gave him a card for going to a lot of... I think that's... Just like they did for... Oh, Genji? Kaio Genji was someone going to like seven... Like a million Kote all over the country. I mean, that was years ago as well. But... So I'm assuming that's why the personality is, is a cavalry. But I, I think that one of the big things for draft was that the set did not have a bunch of common cards that looked for keywords. The cards of common just tended to be target your guy. And oh, right, and some of them would be like, target your guy, do something. If he happens to have the keyword, do a little extra. Yeah, and where the something, if he doesn't have the keyword, is actually relevant. That There were right. some times in the past where they did that, but it would be... They would still tend to be, you know, battle, do something completely worthless. If he has this keyword, then you might actually want to play this card. Well, and it, it also has the holding that lets you spread out those keywords. Yeah, but wasn't that a rare? So that's not exactly going to... Well, true, true. Show up heavily in the draft. Yeah, that those rares... Rares basically just don't exist when you're designing draft. You just have to... Like, there are cards, even if you're looking at magic, right? They basically just don't worry about the rares. There are going to be rares that dominate draft games. They may put them at rare because they know they're going to be uber bombs in draft games, but they need to be somewhere, and rares show up, relatively speaking, very infrequently. There might be one guy at the table who has one copy of this. Right, well, I mean, not, well, I mean draft, you can't really go into it with like a whole mindset anyways, but if you see it in a, you know in your first one or two packs, then it might be something you can design more around. A lot of times it's your early rares that help you decide which way you want to go, because they're your, a lot of times your powerful card. I'm not saying, yeah, because you can only have so much of a game plan going into it anyways. I don't know. I don't know about my rares in this. I I mean, I remember if I had chosen to rare draft, I probably could have drafted. We had five packs. I probably could have drafted at least ten rares, maybe more, twelve, something. I mean, if I had oh, just taken the rares. There, so, there were some rares that were getting around to, like, tenth pick and stuff yeah, at our table. Rares oh. that are not, there were a lot of rares that were not good in draft. Or, or there's a rare that maybe is sexy, but, like, it's sexy for constructed, but it's narrow, or then it's some clan-specific loyal guy, which, once you get a few packs in, is kind of like, eh. I did what I probably shouldn't have. Like, I write, I opened Renu, and all of a sudden decided I was going to be crab. I may, I probably would have been better off just not bothering with that. But uh, that's what happens when you're in Winter Court. You're like, ooh, Renu. I know him. Yeah. <laughs> I know him. Look, he's the governor now, and on his first day, he wasn't a complete insane person like he was <laughs> for most he's, of Order Court. You're, you're right, he's breaking from tradition. That's okay. I'm sure that the next time he shows up in a story, he will be. I'm guessing that they just wanted to have him... I, I mean, not even they, but probably... No, it was probably a they. They probably made a decision to actually have him come in and be politically sane for at least one day. So it probably wasn't just the one, the guy playing him, Reggie. It was, but but still, yeah, I was uh, I, I was kind of because exp- after you know because I said I wasn't going to talk about Winter Court, but uh, I was kind of expecting when Renu got made the governor on the last day that he was, I mean, they were going to go completely the other direction and have him do something like incredibly foolish or or just nasty, or would make all the hordes of people who had supported the Legion go, oh my god, what what have we done? Do but they didn't. Okay, let's call this a break before we come back and talk about things with interesting story and flavor text and art. Yeah, right, because we were done with constructed things for now? We'll wait until Kote season gets going and we can, you know, talk about decks and stuff. Are we good? Anybody? Sure. Wait, were sure. we supposed to be constructive before? Oh, constructed, as in, never mind, ignore me. Yes, I will. Yes, I will.
Okay, so we're back with more chatter about uh, Torn Asunder. Uh, do you guys think that we really learned anything new about the meta story by looking at the flavor text in this? It the seems to be sort of more of the same to me. Yeah, I, I didn't see any points that really moved forward. So, pretty much every Mantis or Crane card is about taking shots at the other one. And the Crane burninate Kalani's landing, and then there's a card about how that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, so, I'm not sure how that doesn't matter, but hey. You continue to see... Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, the crab and spider guys are anti-each other, but then the lion guys are all anti-dragon, even though they're primarily fighting the spider, and none of the spider guys seem to care about the lion, even though they're attacking the lion. So... I don't know, but hey, at least... According to the Katsuki judgment, the dragon are finally catching on that the spider have been just, you know, lying to them and playing them for fools this whole time. Right. Hooray. Yay, that. I'm trying to think if any of that actually shows up on the dragon guys, which maybe says something. You've got, like, a lion guy who's anti-dragon or a lion guy with... Or maybe I just didn't notice it on the dragon guys. See, now I have to look again. No, there is absolutely nothing on any of the dragon personalities about hating on anybody, actually. Well, okay, I'm sorry. That's You've got the Kyoshiro and Doji Izo flavor text thing going on. There's art. Yonakura's art... It has her fighting, the the Elite Kensei has her fighting, uh, or I guess I have to be more specific, the non-unique Elite Kensei <laughs> depicts her fighting guys. But even Yozo, right, the one who used to be all I hate the lion, is all, oh, I'm Mr. Peaceful now. And that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. It's like, so... Yeah. Look, Chris, he synthesizes hatred and preaches serenity by giving his students extra force with a duel. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Uh, yes, well... There's another scorpion guy that, strength. you know, works good with the Crab Clan, the very confused, big, beefy scorpion guy with tattoos all over him who's talking about how he'll help the Crab Clan out. Yeah. Is, that, is that the guy that's like, oh, I gain plus fours if you're a courtier? Hey, all these sharp guys must be courtiers, like too? Yeah. Hey, he looks like a courtier to me. Well, okay, that's a mechanical thing. <laughs> yeah. You also have, if you look at Okoto Chio, you have more about the crab and the, like, it's sort of a crab and the lion starting to team up in this fighting the spider thing. But, but yeah, you've got... Yeah, you've got the crab going after the spider, the spider going after the crab, the lion going after the dragon, mostly, apparently, and the dragon just sitting there, which, really, what else can we do? Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. I mean, I... That's, that's your standard, that's your go-to move, right? Uh... That's okay. I'm, it's really hard to, to to sit there and be like, oh yeah, the dragon personality should really hit back at those lion because you know that the lion are right. So, and your guys are wrong. And it's just a question of how ugly is it going to be before you catch on to that. I don't know. Once you figure out what the... Uh, everybody figures out what the spider are up to, then the crab can actually have a legitimate reason to try to slaughter the spider, which they don't actually have right now. I can just imagine the crab sitting there, you know, over on the side of the house, like, oh, please let me kill him. Please just give me a reason. <laughs> well, they're not sitting on the sidelines, though. They're already killing them. They just don't actually have a legitimate reason right now. Their current officially stated reason is, um, we don't Tuesday. like what the Empress's orders are. <laughs> So, we're going to try to kill the spider. Uh, I, I thought the reason was, hey, it's Tuesday. 
Right, they wanted to get the spider anyway, and then the Emerald Champion made the ruling that, well, if it's a matter of honor, then in the colonies you're allowed to have war. Mm. So then they've got Casada go- going, oh, so it's a matter of honor. It insults my honor that the spider exists. Therefore, I will attack them. Except that the reason the spider exists is because the Empress ordered that the spider exists. So if that offends your Oops. honor, the correct thing to do is kill yourself. Anyhow, but using a blasphemous Gaijin super weapon, that's probably a pretty good reason, too. So, really, see, that's what the crab needed to do. They just needed to wait. Because, like, right, the spider were eventually going to give them a reason. But no, they were too impatient. Uh. I like that apparently uh, Akoto Kage used to teach people how to make tea. <laughs> Who knew that was his his life's teaching was a good pot, pot of tea? You don't know what's in the tea. <laughs> there you go. True. Does that does that a card of something? That, and that card sort of does have something to do with poison, right? Because you're like it's tying cool the other guy down. Bow Sambanya in the yeah. open. Well, you guys mentioned earlier one card that had there was a, uh, a in decipher speak was a broken link. Is it Riku? Riku? Uh, Riku, who reaction when another player's action would target Tamahime, it targets Riku instead. But I'm not aware of any Tamahimes. And I noticed there's that, and I noticed there's the region, uh, Kakure's Lands, which references some guy named Miramoto Kakure. Do we have any idea who this guy is? That he's got... His name appears in a card, but he doesn't seem to exist as a personality. None. You'll find out more in the next direct-to-player set. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in uh, next time. Same L5R time. Same L5R channel. I'd say, oh, we shouldn't get another one of those again, but of course we should get another one of those again, and it can even be dual-bugged. Uh, but uh, They always are. Yeah. No. Well, no. No, they aren't always. Well, the Shadows Embrace wasn't, but I guess that wasn't supposed to be. And Death at Coton was, but who cared? There were a couple cards. What? Well, well, uh, yes, there were a couple of cards in the set, but there were also K- quite a few that were not. Kyd was not completely dual bugged. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I guess my preference would be that there isn't enough the director player set, but. They do tend to, especially if you say that, okay, well, TSE wasn't supposed to be one, now would actually be time for another one. It's just a, I mean, the only, I think it feels like the only reason there wouldn't be one would be if they felt like there was too much blowback from TSE effectively being a direct-to-player set, and so they wanted to hold off, or maybe they want to not have to push a set that's going to be dual bugged in order to generate enough sales to justify a DTP when they really, really need to power down. And so that would make it very hard to print a direct-to-player set that was attractive in the current environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, for a long time I was very pro direct-to-player set, but the the more I play... Uh, well, I like more like the living uh, card game model, and I'm not saying anything for Alpha Varker, just when you have to, when you put out basically a whole set or large enough that it's mostly a whole set, it, it causes just as many problems as being a, a CCG. So I've even kind of gone back on uh, on that because, for example, since I don't currently have a game of dice and since I don't have creating order, you know, those basically go in every deck. So to get another one, I basically have to buy another of Forgotten Legacy, even though I don't really care about anything else in that set. Don't have for to. You can go set. pay 20 or $30 for each one on eBay. Right, so I'm like $60, and that's $10 shy of just a whole other set? <laughs> it, yes, that would, yes, it's, it would be probably silly. Yeah, the whole, oh, should L5R be a living card game, or technically something similar to a living card game, but not actually a living card game, because that phrase is trademarked by Fantasy Flight Games, so... Right. Yeah. That's popping up on the forums. 
again. And it always does. Well, except that the thread that popped up on the forums talks about a lot of things that really have to do with set design and game design that wouldn't really in any way be addressed positively or negatively. And then as a result, make it a living card game? Yeah. Well, it's like stuff like he's talking about stuff like power creep and what, and those totally exist in the LCGs. Oh yeah. Yep. So the other thing is, I, I just I, I have to assume that when it comes down to it, just like if you've got a functional CCG, it's more profitable than a living card game. Yeah. Yeah. If you take the exact same number of players and convert it from a CCG to an LCG, I think the company just loses money. Yeah, basically. I mean, the only reason that you convert to an LCG is to try to convert more players. Well, I mean, there's there's some amount of question of how much are you saving by changing the way you're packaging and releasing, but yes, I sincerely doubt it's enough to offset the drop in revenue. Uh, I mean, I don't remember what the release particulars are, but let's just assume that it's uh, just the normal sort of expansion pack releases for an LCG on Fantasy Flight's model. The total retail price of that is $180. Plus, maybe there's another large expansion in there, so it's 200 That's two boxes of a CCG. If L5R comes out with three sets, and you buy one box of each set, you've put more money into the game than you would with an LCG. And the LCGs, I mean, I guess they have a tournament, in, they have a tournament structure, but it doesn't seem to be quite the same thing. Well, I, th- I think as far as tournament structure go, L5R is going to be better than other LCGs. Because, I mean, like, the Star Wars LCG, think what the, there's limited amounts of prizes you can give for that, whereas here in L5R, you can you have your big tournament. Exactly. you still got the story prizes that you can give out. There's nothing that ties that to an LCG or not, though. I mean, not realistically. You could do the exact same thing. In fact, when you win for Game of Thrones, they ha- one of their big prizes is that you get to help design a card. And there are several where you get your name on the card. So that's still something that they can do. And they haven't bothered right, to put you- story... But I would argue that that would be one of the strong points of like a more of a monthly LCG type model is that you could actually really have an easy way to push forward your story every month. Sure, but for smaller tournaments or not winning the tournament, right now you can get a couple boosters with the LCG. I mean, I like that they're doing the alt art cards, but you you can't do the same monthly promo L5R does now, or the Kote pack, or other promos. Oh my god, oh my god, I'm I'm bleeding out of my eyes. Why are we talking about this still? I mean, didn't we all just... We'll talk about anything for half an hour. It's like we all just agreed that there's really no reason on Earth for L5R to switch, because... Yes, we're all in agreement, so we're only going to talk about it for 20 minutes. Well, no. If we disagreed, we need at least an hour. No, I, I think what we said was that it's not actually viable for them to do it. Uh, I mean, I think there are some benefits, but if it doesn't work commercially, then having a product, you know, having a product is better than not having a product. Having a company is better than not having a company. Yeah, well, I don't. Well, honestly, even if even if it's viable, even if even if having L5R as a living card game is viable, it doesn't have to just be viable. It has to be better. You know, yeah, your expectation has to value, value has to be probably has to be substantially better because you know there's a real risk in in switching because who knows how that's gonna well, well it, it, it seems to be the last time L5R tried this a uh, little thing called Rolling Thunder yeah, it, did not work out well but that that is not the same thing it's, it's not it's not but, but but yes it certainly comes to mind and, and yeah. but there there were a lot of other things tied to Rolling Thunder. I, I don't think it's really as fair and applicable. I'm like I'm still not saying that LCG is the way to go. Um, and the other thing about LCG, the reason they switched to LCG uh, for Fantasy Flight was they said specifically when they did it that you can support a much smaller base with that type of model than you can with CCG. You need a certain amount of fans, a certain amount of purchase, and L- uh, L5R obviously has that. Yeah. So 
So, so you know, it's that's another reason why it potentially could not work. They have the critical mass that they need, so why would they switch down? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, uh, unfortunately, I guess, or fortunately, or something. I mean, it, like if if L five R does switch to an LCG, which again they're not, and nope. no one in L five, I doubt anyone in AEG has spent more than five minutes thinking about this, and four minutes of that was kind of laughing. Uh, <laughs> like you just said, Mike, yeah, the the reason why AEG would switch L5R to something like an LCG is probably because they look at it and go, well, something has gone wrong, and we're, we've hemorrhaged players, and we're not sure if this is viable anymore as a CCG. Which, right. you know, is obviously not something that any of us went to see happen. So... Right, well, and they even specifically said that they've done the math and they didn't see where it was, you know, it was viable for them or they couldn't see any benefit for them to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. The main benefit for the consumer is that it's just that there's a lower cost, right? That's really what you're shooting for. Right. I mean, there's always a tension there, right? The, the company, it turns out, would like you to give them more money for more product every year, not less oh. money for less product. How dare well, they? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't always have to be less cost because I mean, like the Warlord that was put out, uh, not by that you know, was licensed from AEG. It was done in a non-random packaging, but it actually ended up being a, a really terrible way of doing it. Well, okay. Let's assume that in this context, we're talking about doing it in non-terrible ways. Uh, <laughs> that's assuming a lot <laughs> <laughs> well I mean if we're talking aspirationally like would it be a good idea for such and such right I mean right. is there an implicit at least in our aspirations that they do it well yeah no absolutely well and you, 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 they have to make a certain amount of margin to be able to support the, not so much the story but to have the actual support people to do the stuff because one of the things LCGs are lacking is that the tournaments are just oh you show up play whatever and they have things that you can buy um, there isn't you know there isn't the great support structure that there is for the you know the H AEG provides yeah um, there's not the, that the extra stories really or any of that stuff I mean they have the occasional one in like a um, in one of the expansion packs, but a lot of the stuff that we expect from L5R, they probably just wouldn't be able to have that type of volume to be able to support. Yeah. You know, Which I think was what you were trying to say, Jay. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, I just had an idea. I'm going to throw this out there. What if they started doing an LCG model for War of Honor? Doing multiplayer-only cards uh, it was... in packs specifically for that, marketed towards the board gamers of, here... Buy the War of Honor packs. Here's some cards specifically for that environment. It would still fail. Yeah. Honestly. Honestly, if yeah, if they would never do this, I don't think because it would eat L5R market share or something like that. But I, because I'm into it enough, would not. And and because I like to play, you know, seven different games every Saturday. When we get, it's like okay, that's one game of Netrunner. Okay, now let's play one game of Star Wars. Okay, now let's play one game of L5R. Oh, where's that copy of Akusa I forgot to bring? I would certainly be interested in something like an L5R LCG that just had nothing to do with the current card game as well. But again, that's just really risky to right. not just not just as its own product launch, but to what it might do to disrupt your existing business model. Man. Right. I mean, they've got a lot of. I think they have a lot of other things that they haven't done in a while that they could probably apply this to. I mean, why would you do a second L5R when you've got so many other things you could do it with? Because I like L5R. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, right? No, that's right. That's why I think because I'd be more interested in because I'm interested in L5R and I'd be more interested in L5 like. Well, right, but if you do so, if you do something like Seventh C, that's something that there's a lot of people who still have love, like really large amount of love for that game. Yeah. That you're you're not necessarily cannibalizing your L5R community. Yeah, except I'm not one of them. And I guess that, I mean, AEG does still retain the rights to Seventh C, and maybe it's just because the offers stunk. I don't know what the offers were, but I I think that they have actually turned down offers from other companies to to buy the 7C license, or at least to license the 7C setting. So, I, I mean, maybe they do have hopes to sometime bring 
seventh C back in, in some format, but right. that just doesn't have the same draw on me that where's Art of War, Reese? Come on. <laughs> I remember when we were reviewing Torn Asunder in this podcast. <laughs> we were? Why, don't, why don't would we do that? Up. Don't make things up, Justin, just to prove a point. Oh, that's right. We were reviewing Forgotten Legacy. Carry on. Yes. <laughs> Not Forgotten Legacy. Forgotten Legacy focus values. Bringing you some hard-hitting news here. So, yes. <laughs> Newsflash. This does not happen. This is a worthless speculative conversation. Oh, gods, help us now. Uh, Let's see. On the subject of actual Torn Asunder, I had two random design things. First, uh, bamboo tattoo. Apparently, tattoos are now just switched back to the we're going to do something permanent model, it seems. Yeah. Uh, And did you notice Forgotten Teachings as a variation on the old Forgotten Lesson? Yeah. About the, the bamboo tattoo, one of the things I've noticed with these um, keywords they've been putting out recently, like the Elite and the Stalwart and Brash and all that, they seem to like the cards that put those on people permanently. Yeah, well, that's because it's kind of trivial. The bamboo tattoo is worthless. Yeah, I mean, that's half the point yeah. of giving these keywords is it becomes ridiculously easy to just hand them out. And you've just created this new design space, so you've got to... I mean, a card that says limited dude gets elite this turn, oh, that's awful. I can just play with no, no fear. (laughs) You should. Yeah. And the stuff that handed out elite for a turn was only worth it because it was also handing out can assign when bowed. Yes. Art-wise, I guess the three art for whatever random reason I was looking through, I thought were the niftiest, were Asako Izuna by uh, Wubisano. She is evil. Yes. Yes, she is. Yes. Isawa Muzahama, the uh, water Shigenja. I really liked how the water is done in that card. It just looked really neat, I thought, the way it's drawn. Yes, very, very pretty piece. And then... Kuni Shinoda by uh oh and that one's that one's is Shen Fei and then Kuni Shinoda by Hector Herrera, who started off as a Dragon Clan player before he uh started submitting his art for L5R pieces. I just noticed and remembered we haven't talked about Journeys in Keep like at all. No, I that we're was, saving that. Yes, because that's because that was the end of my because we weren't gonna take up a bunch of time talking about irrelevant stuff like LCG business practices. That does sound like us. So, yeah, Journey's End Keep was at the was the last thing on my list because even for this, I have. <laughs> was there any art that you gentlemen wanted to highlight? So the the one I wanted to highlight, and this may just be because I saw Time Crimes the other week, is Generational Gap. Is it just <laughs> me, or is he it, dealing with uh, time traveling older self or younger self? I think that's Satsu and Noboru arguing. Oh, okay. I just thought it was the same guy 20 years later. Well, he doesn't have the same tattoo. That's close enough. I have to say that I really do like the Bayushi Kazutoshi. The ex- I think the Experience the Sensei. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, experience, the Experience 2 or something like that now. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just like that pose. Too. I think it looks really good. Yeah, it is. He's picking up on uh, Tsukimi's fashion statement. <laughs> One piece of art I don't understand what's going on is spiritual coalescence. I don't know what's going on in that picture. Oh, is that the the spirit Voltron? That's the one with the strange spirit Voltron bear, like, reaching out to the sky and weird stuff I can't even explain going on in the background behind him. That's a badger. Uh, yeah, I assumed it combined with a tanuki, too. Maybe it's oh. badger panda. Well, because there are several pandas in this set, right? There's a panda on the spell that rewards you for having lots of spirits, and there's a panda hanging out with, I think, one of Seal's cards. I think he has more than one in this set. The the unicorn gang? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a number of those. I I guess the other random... Sort of an art question, not so much a... As the improper papers... This is the one that stops movement, and you've got one character looking down at the paper, and his right thumb is smudging through the clan seal. 
So, is that something innocuous? Like, oh, this isn't a real seal. There actually is something wrong with your paper. Surgery. Or, Or is that just him deliberately being like, I rub it through the seal and then go, look at the seal. It's a mess. I can't tell what it is. Well, if he's the proper rank. If he's the proper rank, it doesn't matter either way, does it? I, I, no, well, there's, I'm, just, I'm just curious. There's even like a plate of ink and brushes on the table, so it looks like maybe he's writing it now or something like that. Or he just got done drawing these papers and now he's smudging the seal for some reason. I have no idea what's going on. I think that golden green marks him as an imperial in this context, and that's a Phoenix Clan seal, so... Uh, I'm pretty sure that that looks like a dragon because it looks like a dragon tattoo on his left arm. Oh, uh, yeah, but why would a Tagashi be wearing a robe and looking at who knows? I don't know. Just a second, I have to say goodbye to my son or good night to my son. <laughs> Just where is he going? That is a fair point. The Tagashi aren't traditionally known for wearing robes or caring about papers hmm. or not sitting on houses. Are those actual ja- uh, Japanese ca- or uh, yeah. katakana character? Not katakana. What uh, is it? I recognize uh, it. Kanji. So, kanji. Yeah. kanji. Yeah, it's kanji and some random hiragana thrown in, and it's. Top row, I can't third from the read right. It. Is that air? Top row, third from the right. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. It. I. I think these are maybe all things i can't read like any of if i'd have to take a guess i think they wrote it left to right like you'd write english but other than that right. i can't i can't read well it's like the characters me key i think are those last two on the top row i don't know it's been so long since i did oh, no, that's japanese yoku. and what it's yoku yoku oh yeah. i was close <laughs> very close <laughs> they were they were characters I think spiritual coalescence, I mean, obviously from the card as well, is that they're trying to, like, merge. It's two spirits merging together. Yes. And based on how he's rubbing his belly, I think he ate the other one. I'm perfectly fine with this interpretation. That was a tasty butterfly. Oh, no, I was targeted. Now I go away. No, do I even want to know what you guys are saying while I'm gone? We were actually just talking about uh, about the kanji on the improper papers. (laughs) Wow. Uh, yes. I was just curious if it actually said anything. I, I, I do find your music with spiritual coalescence in the mirror match. You could use your butterfly on their deer and then target <laughs> the deer and it would explode. Yeah. I think improper papers is like a few things that, you know, real characters here and there mixed up in a way that makes no sense. Right. But I'm not sure. They're Asian-y looking. They're not actual Japanese characters. Right. Probably says something uh, mean about John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> that would be to form, yes. <laughs> okay, so, Journey's End Keep, looking over the available personality base, it seems like you're probably playing Courtier Honor or else Scouts, except why would you play Scouts? Is that about right? Uh, I mean, for well, me, you're already playing Journeys in Keep yeah. at this point, so, you know. I mean, Scouts without Recons, that's, uh, without a Recon in your box, that sounds like an amazing idea. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, intermingling Crane Scouts, Lion Scouts, and Unicorn Scouts for <sighs> completely different ways of handling Scouts. It's not just those guys. Don't forget that you have the Fighter Paragon... Bantaro, I think. Yeah, you got the spider, Bufano, you got the spider Paragon Scout, and you've got the dragon Kensei Scout, because all of the Imperial Explorers are Scouts. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's some pretty terrible things in there. But yeah, if if you want to play, one of the upsides to the Honor deck is that you can't get the clan discount on the unaligned Imperial personalities, but you can buy them for full. So that gives you some and, pretty cheap guys. Yeah, a couple of them have nice high honor, too. You've got a number of courtiers that I don't know if you're necessarily excited about having, but, like, Makubesu is not really a defensive honor deck courtier. But no. 
if no. you're actually dishonoring guys, Shibata is not bad. The Dynagon and Dynagon XP are still nice. I guess lobbying as an open isn't as exciting when you can't just pile lots and lots of favor tokens on your box. But well, I mean, even just with her, she can still cycle a card and then have it available for on the opponent's turn. That doesn't stink. I don't. I don't know. Kazuo, you could still use or Kazuo XP, you can still use to futz with the top of your deck if you want. Between him and Jackaway, you've got a few duelists, but well, plus you got the new Seppin who can jump into the duels. Yeah. So what you've got seven duelists. I don't know that your focus values are really gonna work out to allow that, but. I guess it's there. <laughs> Yay. You've got your Masatsuko uh, and a Tomodemia. Those aren't any cheaper, but, you know. Yeah, Tsukihime is a four. Yeah, it's not an exciting set. Uh, yeah, Tomori Shosei has an honor gain ability. I yeah. it, it, It's really just a scattered mix of cards, as you would expect from just randomly picking other clans people to use that yeah i mean you've sort of got like three or four half decks wandering around and maybe you could wish them together to make a real deck well you 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 could try to just make a generic decent guys military stuff deck and just not worry about keywords i mean there's a lot of non keyworded cards going on especially if you get to bring in well so say you get to bring in lower honor clan guys that are designed to be going second, but you're also <laughs> you also can't use your stronghold to buy them. Yeah, that's yep. an issue. Uh, let's see, Bafana, now he's too dependent on dark virtues, so that's kind of rough. Makabesu is okay. Ikiuchi is really specifically designed to be used for the follower deck. Oh, and it's any if you have recon, right? Yamahatsu's still not bad. No. Yay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess Kojinru is still okay because you can just assign when bowed. Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh... So it sounds like we've decided this is a terrible deck. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, especially because you're losing the box gold. I mean, if it was even like only producing two fewer golds, so you had three for people. It would be. A much stronger deck, but no gold for your people. <laughs> That's just that in my mind is the kill. Yeah, you can yeah. buy you can buy Sapun Ridisharu for full. I mean, there you go. That that the most fun thing you can do. Be nice to Letitia. Be like, yes, she's she's even more awesome now. I can get her honor. <laughs> and then all your use an additional gold, which you'll need because you can't use your stronghold to buy people. Yes. 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 There are a few cards in there that have to do with followers. Selu is in there. He has to do with followers. You're probably going to want to buy attachments with that box at some point. Followers, i.e. the worst attachment? Got it. (laughs) Yes. Those ones. Okay, so... Yeah, we're not excited about Journey's End Keep decks. But they're probably better than Ronin decks. But maybe not. Yeah. I, I don't know. I might actually think Ronin is stronger because they can still pay the three gold for their people. <laughs> well, one of you can write an article about building an Imperial deck to go along. Not me. Uh, <laughs> Joni's uh, article about the Theory Katana article about from the website about building a Ronin deck. There you go. You guys can go head to head. Get some serious Imperials versus Ronin dual decks. Because that would make total, totally perfect storyline sense. <laughs> yeah, you and your friend can bring those to the Kote and compete for who can get the last place prize. Yes. Yeah. I don't if you know. lose all your matches, you'll run into each other eventually. Exactly. I'd say they could maybe they could come out with a, a a new version of the Second City that would be like the Governor's Stronghold, except she isn't in the Second City anymore. <laughs> I, 
Maybe they can reprint the second city as a crab stronghold. Uh, the governor already has a uh, stronghold. <laughs> yes, you were playing temple. with it. What? Or, oh, you were playing with it this past weekend. Oh yes, that's right. The uh, the draft stronghold. Yeah, I forget that thing has a name because well. <laughs> Yes, it's not just draft stronghold. <laughs> yeah, can I play with that stronghold in constructed? Oh, yeah, sadly yeah. no. <laughs> well, but remember, the part about declaring two clan alignments is not on the stronghold. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. you you can get that two honor gain from your box, but that's about it. That's yes, that's about it. Okay, we can call this over before we talk about LCGs anymore, right? Unless we yes, want to talk please. about the new data pack. We could, but why would we want to? No, we could talk about the new data pack. In okay, you're right. Weeks. We'll just talk about uh, the X-Wing Wave 2 dropping this week. The miniatures game? Yes. Not oh, and, so, and Star Wars is this week. Star Wars LCG is this week. Well, no, and next week we're probably still going to be talking about L5R Story, and then the week after that we'll probably talk about we'll the Cote. We'll finally be in Yay! And so maybe the week after that, we can go back to our Fantasy Flight crack. But for today, we're definitely done. So, <laughs> for Jay Earl <laughs> and Justin Purdy and Mike Cook, I am Chris Stevenson, and you have managed to make it this far through an episode of Strange Assembly. Kudos to you. <laughs> You're better than us. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, you're not, because we don't know when to stop, and apparently neither do you. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I'm done now. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download more episodes of Strange Assembly on iTunes or from our website at www.strangeassembly.com. While you're at our website, you can check out the frequently updated main page, or talk with us on the forums. You can also email me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com, or you can follow Strange Assembly on Facebook or Twitter, Strange Assembly either place. Thanks for listening.